2: We do a podcast? What the fuck? You wanna know how I got these scars? Well, I was listening to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans, and they made me laugh so hard, it did this to the corners of my mouth. Now I'm always smiling because I listen to Fan Hole's podcast. It's not my best origin story. Oh, this music is so overused.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes. Tonight on Fan Holes, we're going to be discussing two very interesting and invigorating topics. First off, we're going to talk a little bit about late-night talk shows. Some of us here on Fan Holes are big fans of certain late-night talk show hosts, and we thought it'd be fun to sort of just revisit our experiences with late-night talk shows and maybe share some of our favorite moments or favorite shows. And then following that, we're going to have a little roundtable discussion about the DC Comics character, the arguably like one of the number one supervillains in all of comics, the Joker. But what we're going to discuss tonight is who is your favorite version of the Joker or I guess more specifically, who has provided your favorite portrayal? of the Joker. So those are the two topics we're going to be talking about tonight. My name is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be your host. And joining me tonight are two of my fellow hosts. Why don't you give a shout out, guys?
2: Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing.
0: (laughs) And this is Tony Uh, (laughs) Chainclaw. Scooby-dooby-doo.
2: People wouldn't expect, but when I first got this job, uh, I came here to, to 30 Rock. How we, did you get this job, <laughs> by the way? Was it a, was it a theme writing contest? Or yes. What? Yes.
1: Yeah. It was a what would I do with a talk show, and I was fourth. Uh. I, I see that there's a Conan O'Brien avatar staring at me, and I also see that there's a Space Ghost coast-to-coast avatar staring at me. I'm familiar with both of those Shows whether they're late night talk shows or just kind of crazy cartoon network talk shows. But, uh, what, what is it that, uh, we're going to be, uh, kind of delving into tonight?
0: Well, I know Mike's a huge fan of like Conan and I am as well. So I, w- I, w- I, w- I want to hear like my kind of pontificate on Conan cause I'm, I'm wondering if we have the similar, like we have similar reasons for
2: liking that crazy tall Irish guy. <laughs> oh yeah. I love Conan. Um, like, a, I grew up watching, like, like The Simpsons. Like, my dad used to tape The Simpsons for me, and he used to tape, like, Conan O'Brien. And, like, so I pretty much grew up watching Conan O'Brien. And, like, uh, well... What do you call Obviously, like, um, you know, it's it's a commonly known thing that, like, for the first, like, year or two of Conan, when he took over, like, from David Letterman, he got, like, really badly panned, and, like, he was really nervous, and, you know, everyone says those first couple years are terrible, so. Not really I mean, good ratings, yeah, either. No, yeah, so the, it says they were, like, living, like, week to week. Like, they didn't know if they were going to get canceled or whatever, but obviously, like, he turned it around, and, like, yeah, in and, and the mid-90s, like all the way up to like 2000, the mid 2000s. Like, yeah, he was my talk show guy. What do you call it? to go to, to talk show host guy? And um, I, think, I mean, I think he did what David Letterman did like in the 80s, he
0: was the cool guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, for a long time, yeah, he was, like, the hip guy, like, pretty much, like, he was, like, I guess, well, like, Letterman has, like, sort of, like, well, I guess he took over from Letterman, but Letterman, I guess, has sort of a, I don't know what what to call it, like, a, a dignity about him, but Conan, like, will just, like, not he does not care, like, he, he loves silliness, he loves, like, debasing himself, he doesn't have... Like that, either like Letterman or Leno or even Carson had. Like they had like some sort of like old style, like you know, sort of showmanship and dignity. And like Conan was like totally like new. Like like he was the first one to be like a total like.
0: Well, he was he was, well, like you like said, j- he was a comedy Like, jerk.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he he was a writer, yeah, and, like, he was kind of, like, I've read, like, that whole, the whole book that was about the late night war of, like, a couple of years ago, and, you know, Conan lost The Tonight Show, and Jay Leno took it back, and all that, and, like, they had some really good, like, um historical, like, uh, information in there, like how Leno and Conan and, like, all those guys, like, got started, and, like, what they were doing, and, like, you know, Conan was basically, like, you know, uh, he was working on The Simpsons, he was a writer for The Simpsons, and he was just kind of, like, well, I mean, this is good, but I feel like there's some, like, it's not still the right fit for me, and, like, he was finally, like, you know what, I want to try performing and stuff, so... Like eventually, they took like a long shot on him, and eventually it panned out.
0: So, well, I mean, he, he did have like a, a good background though, because he worked on like the Harvard Lampoon, and he he did do a lot of writing for Saturday Night Live too. He even like like your picture shows, showed up once or twice in a couple skits. So, yeah, yeah. Also an SNL writer. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't he wasn't a featured player though. He would just show. I remember one time one of my favorite like random Conan moments on SNL is he was, like, a farmer with a cow backstage or something like that, and he was doing this really horrible, like, hick
2: accent.
0: <laughs> he only had, like, two or three lines, but it's just really funny when, like, you see
2: Conan today, and you're like,
0: yeah, he's not really a hick, yeah. <laughs>
2: nah, yeah, Exactly. I don't know, I just like, I, I like Conan's, like, yeah, like, from, because he he is, like, he started as a writer, he, ha, he makes a lot of, like, pop culture references, and he makes, like, a lot of historical references, like, he's a big fan of, like, history and stuff, and he, like, I think the thing he does better than anyone else is make fun of, like, old-timey things, like... Like, or just kind of, like, he always does, like, that to the talk, like, every so often he'll break into, like, his old-timey talk. He's like, see here, see, you know, listen to this, kids, you know, like, like the old, like, I don't know, 40s, 50s, like, TV show host or something. Like, <laughs> when I
0: was a kid, we used to listen to the Radio Wave programs of the day. <laughs>
2: And uh, yeah, exactly. But but he, like I love like one of his best skits of all time is the one where he goes to like the old-timey baseball players like reenactment where they play like 1930s baseball and he tries to like integrate with them and like they like they're all in character and he's just like, you know, he's talking to the referee and the referee has like a top hat and stuff and he's like, so he's like, so all this is accurate. Like this is a 1930s pencil, like a 1930s scorecard. And he like reaches in the guy's pocket, and he's like, "Oh, a 1930s granola bar. Check this out. Like, and it's like a Nature's Valley granola <laughs> bar." nice (laughs) Then, like he gets dressed up and he like hits on all like the the 1930s like women like watching like from the stands and stuff and he's pretty much like he's like and what's your name like little miss and she's like I'm married you know my husband's like fighting in the civil war and like Conan's like oh well I was in the civil war with him and let me tell you he was acting quite cowardly (laughs) (laughs) and it's like and then he made up made out with another dude you should like (laughs) ditch him and stuff Nice. And then, like, he's he's reading from, like, a like pamphlet of old-timey terms, and he's, like, trying to, like, woo her, and he's kind of like, he's like, I hope I haven't caused you any unpleasant cogitations. <laughs> I have, I hope I have not vexated you. And he's like, I wish to, and he's, like, looking through the pamphlet, and he's like, uh, where does it say, get it on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Well, I, I think another thing, Mike, that I always really liked, and I think this is when he really started breaking out, he would he would, him and his team of writers. Obviously, it wasn't just him, but I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of input. Was when they started making the most like ridiculous reoccurring characters on the show, like the masturbating bear, or <laughs> yeah, or the pimp
2: bot two thousand, pimp bot two thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ro- th- ro- robot taking a shit. <laughs> About taking that shit, or I like the FedEx Pope. Where <laughs> he's <laughs> it's just—it's just the Pope with the FedEx box on his head, like, or or Wolverine. Uh, just <laughs> a little, on his hand. Wolverine with shoes on his hands and stuff. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> well, that, the the thing that was so great about all those characters, though, is like some of them were legitimately funny because you're like, what the fuck is going on? But then they would pan back to Conan, and even he's laughing at how stupid this is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he was very... And, it, like, that's another thing, like, I love about him. He's not afraid to, like, break the illusion, like, like he, every so often. Like, like when something obviously doesn't work or someone screws up, he's just, like, you know, top quality show we've got here, or, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, he picks on himself just as much as he, you know, picks on his guests and stuff like that. That that was one of the funny things, like, you were talking about the late night war that happened. Um, I won't go into too much, because Mike already talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Conan kind of got... A lot of people feel shitted on, and they brought Jay Leno back and all that. And the last few shows coming had, he was very uh, much on fire. It was one, some of his funniest shows. But then he went to TBS, and it was really funny because uh, Tom Hanks uh, coined the name Coco for him. And he really hates the fucking name Coco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but it caught on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what he's and that- by, yeah. Yeah, now his like website is like teamcoco dot com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whenever Tom Hanks
0: comes on, he's like, "Well, Coco," and he's like, "Oh God, I hate this song.
2: <laughs> Tom Hanks is like always great. Like, there's another guy like who's like not afraid to commit to like all silly stuff and stuff. And like every time Tom Hanks comes on Conan's show, like like something happens to him. Like I love that. That's a running gag. Like every so often, like you know, Conan will just randomly bust out some like like totally out of the blue thing like that probably isn't even true where he's like you know so Tom like I hear you're a big fan of like watching like shooting stars and I remember that I was just about to say that (laughs) and Tom Hanks is like oh yeah and Tom Hanks like talks for like a minute about it like all scientific and stuff and and Conan's like you know what I think there's a meteorite passing overhead like tonight and Tom Hanks is like what where and then they swing like a giant foam meteorite into Tom Hanks and it like knocks him over and stuff yeah it was pretty fucking hilarious. they were just so out of nowhere and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, the, like, where, like, he came during Christmas and, like, Conan was like, you know, you feeling like in the holiday spirit, Tom? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, how about some snow, Tom? And then Tom's like, oh, okay, sure. And, like, then they dump, like, a whole, like, few pounds of snow onto, <laughs> directly onto Tom Hanks from the ceiling. Yeah. It was definitely, like that it was great. Uh, I, I was going to ask you this, since, like, me and your
0: fans. Um,. Like, for a while, and especially, like, you know, when he was doing his, his, the Tonight Show gig, uh, like, Andy Richter was kind of gone for a while, and, you know, he really came back, like, especially, like, now on the TBS show, do you think, like, do you think Conan suffered when Andy left, or was Conan just fine, and Andy just adds to the show?
2: Yeah, I, I think Conan did fine when Andy was gone. I mean, I love Andy. Like, I think he adds a whole lot to the show. But Conan, like, Conan's still funny, like on his own. Like, I didn't notice any like dip in quality or anything when Andy left or anything. Yeah. And like, you know, now Andy's back, and you know, um, like, I, I, I like, like, I, I think Andy adds a lot to the show. Like, he's funny himself. He's like, he's got the same sensibilities as Conan. He's not afraid to like make himself look stupid and stuff. So yeah, and, and no,
0: no disparaging remarks. To the late Ed McMahon, but he he, he seems a lot more involved with the show than Ed, who is just like you know, hey, yes, I agree. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> According to a new study that just came out, a person can instinctively tell the difference between real and fake laughter. I read that. I found that fascinating. Isn't that interesting, Andy? Sure is, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, fake laughter isn't an issue on our show. Oh, no way! (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been doing this a while, and I have yet to hear a fake laugh. (laughs) Not on this show! (laughs) (laughs) You are correct, sir. You are correct, (laughs) sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Andy actually contributes to the show, and he's not just like a yes man kind of. But I don't, there was there was a funny skit they had on the TBS show, like maybe a year or two ago, where um, Andy was like, "I'm feeling unappreciated, Conan. So like, I got my own sidekick." And, like, he had a sidekick, like, at a podium, like, sitting, like, right behind him. And, like, like, whenever Andy would make a joke, like, the guy would be like, ha-ha, gold! (laughs) Whenever whenever Conan would make a joke, like, Andy's sidekick wouldn't laugh at all. Like, he'd just have a straight face and stuff. I'm not a fan. Yeah, but... Did he, are you are you a fan,
0: Derek? Or do you just
1: take it? Really I, I, I mean, I I check out things every once in a while. I don't. I wouldn't call myself a regular watcher of late night television, but it's like I, you know, every once in a while it'll be on in the room or something like that. It's it's interesting now because like I guess you brought up like Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon, and it's so different now the landscape. I mean, I even remember you know being that guy who was watching you know. David Letterman or whatever, you know, and it was like, I think I had a period where I got into it for like a summer. Do you know what I mean? But I've never been somebody who's watched late night television year after year. It's like I would sort of just watch like, you know, I I pick like maybe one or two guys or maybe I'd watch the show when I was interested in who the guest was, you know. So I'd be like, oh, sweet, like Harrison Ford's going to be on tonight or, you know you know, whoever it was that I was kinda I, interested I was, in. Interested I'm about. really bad about
0: that. I always like this sounds so lame and stupid, but I always watch whatever talk show has a pro wrestler
1: on it. I don't know why. Because no, those no, are no, usually but, really funny. But that that's kinda I would say that's my my experience in watching talk shows. I don't know that I'm I'm a loyalist to any one particular talk show host in general. I think there were you know, like I said, there were periods where I got into watching certain late night talk shows, you know, in succession but i i wouldn't say i did it more than a couple months at a time or whatever you know then and, and most times it's just oh well am i interested in the guest and then maybe i'll i'll sit down and watch it or whatever i think lately like the the shows that i've found interesting is like guys like jimmy fallon because it's like it, it's late night talk show but it's kind of like SNL like kind of like, like I just noticed it's like, to me, it's different than what I normally think of as like late night talk shows. Cause it's like, he has guests on and he talks to them and it's funny, but then he'll break into like, like a total skit with like Justin Timberlake out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just, yeah. and you're kind of like, wow, like this is, you know, I mean, you know, not all of them are, the most ideal skit, you know, not all of them are, like, gold, and, like, the little <laughs> side, ha-ha, you are correct, so, and you're not all, you know, I mean, you know, it's comedy, it's a hard thing to do, it's not easy, so, like, not everything's going to be comedy gold, but, you know, I, I find it kind of interesting, because it seems like you have to, you know, switch things up in, in kind of the market that they're in, because it seems like there there are definitely a lot of choices now, I mean, it, you you don't have yeah. to be, loyalist to Conan O'Brien you know you don't have to follow Jay Leno you know you could check out Jimmy Fallon or you could check out um who's the guy that always does the running gag with um Matt Damon
2: oh uh, Kimmel yeah, Jimmy, yeah Kimmel.
1: Jim- Jimmy Kimmel you know and so so you know oh, and,
2: you know I guess I should oh god finish your thought no
1: I'm just I I just think there's like lots of different things you could you know, check out if you if you'd like. Well,
2: I, I I was gonna say like I guess I should say my second my second favorite guy is Craig Ferguson. Like, oh, okay, like okay, he comes he, right he is, after Letterman. He is so fucking likable. Yeah, he is like so charismatic and like easy to like, and I think that's because like he he kind of like takes a real like self deprecating and not not self deprecating. I guess like undervaluing like sort of approach where he like he pretty much. Every show he pretty much admits, like, this show has a terrible budget. Like, we're totally crap. Like, you know. Yeah, it, was, and, yeah,
0: it wasn't like Conan where he would make fun if something went wrong. Like, like Craig is like, you know, I used to have a really incredibly bad drug problem. But I'm okay now.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, I guess he ha- he was, like, a part of that lifestyle for so long. He's just, like, got this, you know, sort of, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, attitude you can't say anything about him that he won't say worse about himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course he's got like probably the most unique setup like in in late night now with he's got a robot sidekick and Jeff. Like, Jeff yeah Jeff Peterson yeah who like sits at a podium and it started off as like a deconstruction sort of level of like the late night sidekick where like Jeff Peterson just had a bunch of pre-programmed responses and stuff or he'd be like and he had like a generic robot voice where he'd be like that's hilarious Craig <laughs> and stuff but like now he has Like an actual, like dedicated, like voice actor who's like actually (laughs) who sounds a lot like fucking uh, George Takei. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The guy's like the like one of the best like impersonators I've ever heard. Like, have you ever heard that guy do um Morgan Freeman? Like, it's no. indistingu- it's indistinguishable, like, from nice. the real, like, he, he had Morgan Freeman on the show, and, like, he's like, you know, Jeff does a killer, like, you, and, like, Morgan Freeman's like, oh, really? He was like, and then Jeff Peterson, like, looks at him, and he's like, is there anything you would like to ask yourself, Morgan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, like,
2: Morgan Freeman's, like, all freaked out, because it was, like, dead on. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? <laughs> See, when I open my mouth, it makes everything sound smart.
0: That's outstanding, G- Yeah, it is outstanding. It's very, very good. First Jim. time I've ever heard myself from the outside. Yeah. There, there's through the wormhole
1: keyhole right there. That's yeah. uh, that'd uh, freak you out, that would. That would. Yeah, well, I'd... what do you want to say to yourself?
0: <laughs> yeah, what would you I, say? I don't know. Think of something nice. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Craig Ferguson. No. Go ahead. I dare you.
1: Damn, you look good. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then, like, he does this, like, you know, some of, the, like, it's kind of like me, where, like, sometimes he can, when he does an impersonation, he can only do, like, one, like, bit with the impersonations, like, so, like, whenever, like, like, Ferguson's kind of like, Jeff, do, like, your Liam Neeson, and then, like, and, and Jeff Peterson will be like, quickly, quickly, there's no time, let's go, quickly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've watched it a couple times, one thing I've always been kind of amused by is, like, if he has a
2: very attractive female actress on or whoever... He does openly flirt with them. Oh yeah, he's like you know. Conan's kind of like nervous with girls, but it, like Ferguson, yeah, he's like oh, my god, yeah,
0: yeah. And and the, the funny thing is, it's not creepy because I guess it's the fucking accent, or because he is he is very funny. Like this, <laughs> the chick is like totally cool, with it she's like you know like maybe I will go to your dressing like, room. after He's like, Jesus, you are awesome.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I find it hard to believe he's being like he's like he's on his third marriage, I think. And like, I guess he's I, he's he's been married for like five years now. And he says, like, no more. Like, this is it. She's like my girl. And but I, I feel I, like I sometimes I feel like incredibly like I, I wonder how good of a boy he could possibly be. Like, you know, like, yeah, because you know. cause some of the women who who's,
0: he's hit on and who've, you know, flirted back are very, very attractive. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah exactly yeah, they're all like he's very he's if I do say so like myself he's a very like charming motherfucker like I gotta say yeah yeah, he's like very charismatic and stuff but
0: yeah I, yeah, I, but, I
2: also like his kind of uh, kind of like the fan holes I, I could appreciate
0: this uh, when he's not you know picking on himself or like being self-deprecating he has a very nice little evil streak he has like this kind of dark humor every once in a while
2: yeah yes
0: yeah and, and I I like that. I like dark humor so.
2: Yeah. like like he he hasn't done it in a while but he used to do a bunch of skits and stuff and one of them was one of them was like ask Aquaman or something and he would like dress up as Aquaman and like get like answer questions and stuff and it it, it was pretty fun. He he it was, was very 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 cynical asshole Aquaman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it would, it, I don't know, sometimes like the advice wouldn't be like very good, like it would be like water related and stuff and then,
1: <laughs> but, like
2: eat, eat with a full stomach you stupid humans. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My other favorite one was he'd do, like, a, a Prince Charles talk show, and it'd be like, the Rather Late Program, starring Prince Charles, you know? <laughs> it's like, brought yeah. brought to you by meat pie. It's like regular pie, only awful. <laughs> oh, I, I, I used to really
0: enjoy his... Uh, He used to read emails and tweets. Uh, It was tweets, it was tweets.
2: Oh, yeah, he he still does that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and whenever he would show the the tweet from uh, the fan... Obviously I guess I guess legal reasons. He would he couldn't show like the picture, you know, especially if
2: it's like a copyrighted image or if it's like, you know, the actual person. So he always puts a fucking picture of a bird, like a random bird on there. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like he's like, This is from Joe and like yeah, like in uh uh, uh uh in uh what do you call it? in Arkansas and he's like, Joe's a tit, you see. And he's like and then he like looks at his producer and he's like, See, there's a picture of a tit, so I can say I can say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he he's very fun. I uh there
0: I there, I was kind of like Derek, as far as him because I haven't watched him in a very long time. But there was like about a four month period where I was really into it, and I would like turn on it because the one thing about Craig Ferguson, I don't care about any other like talk show, as
2: far as this one fact, he has the most catchiest damn theme song. Yeah, definitely. He sings it himself too. Yeah, he wrote that song. It's got something like the yeah it's like it's very catchy it's got great like lyrics like like really like lyrical like I don't know he's a, he's a very talented musician like himself. Yeah, it sounds kind of Beatlesy. Yeah, it has that kind of Euro pop kind of thing going for it. Um let me ask you guys this. Okay, now I know Kimmel and Conan are like the biggest like Letterman fanboys like in the world, and uh, like Ferguson like follows up Letterman and he likes Letterman and all that. I've never liked Letterman. Like I've watched him and I've never like I I don't get him. I guess I like, think
1: I I don't know. The only way I can describe it is when I had a period of when I got into Letterman. Letterman's like the step on a rake joke. Like it's like the first couple times somebody hits themselves in the face with a rake, you're just like ow, that hurts. Like, that's not that funny. And then it's, like, the 15th time they hit themselves in the face with the rake, then you're like, oh, this is actually, like, funny now. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the best way I can sum up, like, Letterman humor. Like, it's just... If you, if you just one-off watch it, like most times it's not gonna be funny, but I remember there was this thing where when I watched it for the stretch of, of the month or so that, you know, whatever I was checking it out, I was like, I just didn't understand, like the, the joke was like, do you have any gum? And I went, like, well, what I don't understand what that means exactly. And it was, like, this thing where he just bust into it randomly, like, in the middle of, you know, interviewing somebody or, like, talking to, you know, his uh, his little crony. I forget what his sidekick's name was uh, again. Paul was Schaefer. It. Yeah, yeah, Paul Schaefer. So he'd be talking <laughs> to Paul or whoever it was, right? And, and, like, then out of nowhere, it'd just be like, hey, you have any gum? You know and and it was like I was like what does that mean but like basically like by the like 15th time I heard it it was just like oh like now I'm it's like it's kind of like one of those things where like somehow like it's very in jokey you know like in in that yeah. sense where it's like if you're not sort of part of the if if you're not on the inside of it then then you're kind of like what the he just gonna have this. his own little universe yeah. for his show. Yeah, you you sort of have to, you know, get hit in the face with a rake like fifteen times before you're you're sort of in that bubble or whatever it is, you know. And like, I don't know. I think like there were a lot of a lot of fascination with Letterman, especially when he did that sort of whatever it was he was doing with Madonna. I remember I was kind of fascinated with that. I mean, I know that's really old school, like way back in the '90s oh, or I, whatever.
0: I remember one time, like one thing that was like really big, and like you know, he's a lucky man. I remember Drew Barrymore flashed her tits at him.
1: Yeah, well, like whatever whatever was going on at that time, like I think I think that aspect of it like kind of how you guys were talking about how craig ferguson gets to flirt with a lot of attractive you know starlets or young ladies or what have you and i think there is that aspect to to letterman as well where you're like how the fuck does this guy get to like date madonna or whoever it is you know especially as like a young teenage boy you're just kind of like what the fuck like how does that work you know like there's got to be some trick to it you know so you just kind of watch it and i remember watching um I, i don't remember well, there was that movie with Madonna where they, they did her document a oh, dance her wow. or whatever. I can't even remember what the hell it was called, but but I remember there is something
0: like Dare or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was like there's a couple clips with um Letterman and Madonna, what looks kinda like and and you could see like the difference between his performance persona and like his real like that whatever they captured of him, like the limited amount that they did, it was very like him in real life, I guess. You know, maybe him turned off or, or not in entertainment mode, you know? And so I, I always found that kind of fascinating for whatever reason. Um, but, I mean, that, that's well, I the did, best I thing that. I could do to play devil's advocate and kind of say, like, why, why do people like Letterman or whatever? That's, that's the only explanation I could really give.
0: Well, I, I do know, like, I think one thing that kind of helped him out early on in the 80s that's that's kind of when I watched when it was in the late eighties, right before Conan took over in uh, the nineties. Um, yeah, he was like kind of funny. Um, I, I do give him credit for, and I can't believe I forgot his damn last name. Um, you guys probably would know the actor Chris. What's his last name? He's he's been in. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of something. He's he's uh, in Eagle Heart. He was in uh, Get Alive.
1: oh, sh- oh uh, 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 Chris. Uh, God damn
0: it! Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. It, it, if anybody like, look, sees his picture, sees his face, he was in uh, something about Mary. He was like the. He was. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll he, just look it up while we're here because I'm Chris like,
0: Elliott. Yeah, 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 there you yeah. go. There go. Uh, he pretty much discovered him, and that was that was a great find. I think Chris Elliott's a really funny guy. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people like Dave because he was a he was a weatherman. He was he he had pretty humble beginnings. And I guess, like a lot of weathermen back in the 80s this was a thing Derek would probably get my back on this a lot of weathermen seem to be like you know amateur comedians they would try to throw jokes in and it's, stuff. It's,
1: it's like that it's like that thing of I, I know I don't remember if you were on the show when we talked about it but how I said one of my favorite comedy movies is L.A. Story and he you know Steve Martin his character is like I'm the wacky weekend weatherman you know and he's like doing the thing where he's like we got sun we got sun we got sun sun Son. and then of course it rains that weekend so they're all you're fucking fired or whatever because you're an idiot you know but it's like yeah there, there's there, basically like my my thing with the la story was always there's some kernel of truth in a lot of steve martin's writings and i think basically what you're saying is 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 that kernel you know there, there were people who either had aspirations to be stand-up comedians or moved on from you know they weren't just looking to be the weatherman, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, because back in the 80s, being, I mean, let's be honest, okay, with today's science and technology and there's college courses, you can be a meteorologist. Back in the 80s, you are a fucking weatherman. Yeah. You really didn't have to know what the hell you were doing. You'd just be like, what does it look like outside the window? It's sunny. Probably going to be sunny tomorrow. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. So, but it has changed. I will, I will not be disparaging towards Weatherman, but I, I think that's why some people like Weatherman. Now we're just going to wait here. For what a happens second. with the button? Well, oh, here, you stand. Oh here. yeah, hide okay. behind me, yeah, Al. That'll a... work. Sure. You <laughs> can't see me now, you? All right. Now where we're do hit we... the button
2: again? Now there you see is. the statistics. Okay, so now. this is yeah. It's clear outside. What about
1: the barometric pressure? Because it's thirty
2: point eight. I, I can't. I can't leave the house until I know what the air pressure is. I know you have <laughs> very sensitive skin, Al. <laughs> I could see that. Sure.
0: I agree with Mike, though. I mean, I wash up a little bit in the late '80s. Uh, it was really more because I was really young, and I wanted to stay up late, and they uh, You may not remember this, kids, but back in the 80s, TV wasn't always on 24-7. They actually had <laughs> sign-off times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would actually turn off after a while. Did you guys... I mean, like, th- that that's making me think of, like, older, late-night stuff. Like, did you guys ever watch like Arsenio Hall or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I loved Arsenio. Because like, I remember like, you know, uh, like everything else, I don't think I was a specific fan of, of one talk show host or the other. It's not like I would always watch Johnny Carson or I'd always watch Arsenio or I'd always watch whoever. But like depending on who the, you know, like like me being like a Star Trek nerd, if you know Captain Kirk came on Arsenio to pimp out like Star Trek V, I would very well probably watch Star Trek 5. Like I know, you know Tony's saying like he oh he's outing himself cuz he'd watch, you know, uh late night talk show with wrestling stuff, like stars or whatever. Well, I would watch, you know, late night talk shows if like Robert England showed up on them or or if yeah. you know, basically it's like, oh, Freddy Krueger's is going to be on, you know, late night TV or, or or Captain Kirk or whoever it is, you know, like I would I would sort of get excited about those things.
0: Well, so. well Or actually does have a place in history because And again, I'm I'm showing my age again. But for the longest fucking time, it's not like how it is now. Back in the day, Johnny Carson was king. Like, you you cannot get Johnny Carson. And CBS, ABC, they would put up all these damn shows. Pat Sajak had a show. Uh, All these guys. Chevy Chase had a show. Yeah,
1: Chevy Chase had a show for like three minutes or whatever that
0: was. He literally had, I think, six episodes or something like that. But, like, they put all these guys... Joan Rivers, she had a show. Uh, they put up all these guys trying to dethrone Johnny Carson. And I wouldn't say Arsenio Hall dethroned Johnny Carson, but he actually put up a fight. People watched his show. He was actually somebody that was an alternative, and people were like, we we like this guy. He's funny, you
1: know? Yeah, he, he, I, I would say Arsenio Hall was a viable alternative, especially for... I, I think, if anything, Arsenio Hall at the time when Johnny Carson was on the air is a lot like how I would see... Craig, or maybe not Craig Ferguson, but at least Jimmy Kimmel and Conan O'Brien compared to, you know, Leno and Letterman now, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. That, that was his first actual competition, because, I mean, it, I mean it, it really was, like, you know, night and day. Like you said, Johnny Carson was, like, you know, the, the elder statesman. He'd been around for a long time. A lot of, like, older viewers were, like, you know, that's my guy. I love Johnny Carson, you know? and But Arsenio Hall came on, and then a lot of people like me who were in, like, you know, their early teens and stuff were like, oh this is a cool, like young guy. He likes, you know, cool music. He's like, you know, he's got the dog pound. Woof, 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 you know, he's got all these like, you know,
2: <laughs> current jokes
0: and stuff, you know, it's like you 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 kinda gravitated toward that, you know.
2: What do you guys think of Jay Leno? I think he's a really unfunny fuck. Um <laughs> Wow. Don't hold back now. Yeah,
1: don't don't trigger
2: I don't know, like, I I don't hate Leno, like, I think he's funny, like, I don't know, like, like I said, that late, that late-night book I read, like, it, it kind of told more of his side of things. Like he was pretty vilified when that was like going on. But like, I understand like what, where he was coming from. Like he kind- he came from like, you know, a depression era sort of background where like, you know, even, even like, uh, I'm sure how stable financially he is. Like, you know, having a job was like everything, you know, basically. So, you know, when they said you want to come back, he said, of course I do. I want to work. And, you know, of course that didn't take into account, you know, whatever Conan wanted to do or anything, but, you yeah, know, but I think, I, I don't know, like,
1: I, I think in terms of vilification, I mean, I'm sure people would argue with me cause I don't know that much about it, but, but all I could speak to it as is, I don't think either of those guys made those decisions lightly. I mean, you could vilify Jay Leno by saying he, he you know, screwed over Conan, but what about all the people that work for Jay Leno? I mean, yeah. you know, if, if, if he had no eight o'clock show, then all those people that worked for him, the cameramen and, and the lighting and the crew and the musicians and all these other people, they'd all be out of work, too. And at yeah. the time, I mean, you know, I mean, it's still not very good now. But I mean, at the time, I mean, it was even, you know, not not any better. So it's like the the way I always looked at it was, look, I mean, yeah, OK, there's some conniving backdoor, you know, crap going on, but at the same time, you know, I mean, y- you could easily spin it as, look, the guy's just trying to look out for for his own peeps that are, you know, part oh, yeah, of the whole Tonight Show goes, and all that as stuff, as it, you know.
0: Yeah, as far as it goes, I would totally say the, the real villains, if you will, would be the NBC executives, because they were just like, you know...
2: Definitely, well, yeah. The, that's pretty much what the like, book concludes.
1: Yeah, it's like if, if Jay Leno was getting tired, this was a way of refreshing him and, you know, people play people against each other and that's just unfortunately how the world works, so.
0: Yeah, and when I call Jay Leno an unfunny fuck, it's not because of the whole Team Coco, Team Leno thing. I mean, I was on Team Coco just because I like. Uh, Conan O'Brien, but I wasn't like, you know, I hate what Jay Leno's doing, because I mean, I understand what Derek's saying, you know, it's like he had people work for him. I just, I don't find him funny. Whenever I watch a show before this all happened, when he was still the Tonight Show host and Conan came after,
1: I, I don't know if it's the voice, like, hey,
0: you know, what like, you do, know,
1: um, he's he's
2: he's he's too wide appeal, I guess.
1: Is, well, there's you know. that, but I, I don't know, I don't mind him in doses, just like everything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some and, of the bits he has is funny. Like, yeah, I like, like, I love I, I like love when he looks at the obituaries or, or, like, the funny yeah, head, like,
2: headlines, headlines
1: yeah. and all that stuff. I, I, I enjoy when he, like, interviews all the dumb fucks in the middle of the street that don't know what country they live in or, you know, well, whatever. That makes,
2: makes it, is. it makes yeah. me
1: feel so bad,
0: but it is kind of funny. I've seen a You know, head, like, those, stuff uh, like uh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know,
1: like, things like that. So, like, I, I you know, I don't, you know, I... I think it's harmless. Like I don't. I, I. I'm not offended by it, and 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 uh, you know, or anything like that. Like, is it is it highbrow or something that's going to change my life? No, but you know, I don't. I you know, I, I don't care enough about it to like have a a love hate type relationship with like talk show hosts or whatever. You know? Well, yeah, I
0: think that's I think that's like me and Mike's thing though. Is like we kind of like the darker humor and the kind of sillier humor. So, like I I would. I would But say Mike would agree with me, it's not that we hate Jay Leno, it's just, he's just not our cup of tea. You know, it's not like we're like, fuck you, Jay Leno, it's just like, I'm just not going to watch your show, because I... Well, like,
2: I guess the the snobby way to put it is what I, like, read in that book, where some guy was, like, he went to go see, like, there's some, like, testimonial, like, in that book, where some guy, like, went to go see, like, Leno, like, perform and stuff, and he's like, why do I get the feeling... I just got served, like, the same meal that Leno serves to, like, the lunch buffet crowd in, like, you know, somewhere, like, you know, downtrodden or something. Yeah, he's, he's
0: like a Vegas act. It's like, every night's going to be the same fucking thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I see that. It's like the, 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 all, the all-you-can-eat buffet of comedy or something, basically, he said.
0: Yeah, but he does, I mean, I'll give him this much. I will give credit where credit is due, you know, I will play devil, devil's advocate on myself. Apparently, he is likable enough that he does have a core audience, and they
2: do t- tune in. So, I mean, good for him on that. Yeah. And do you guys think, like, like uh, he's, he's like, leaving very soon, and Fallon's going to get the Tonight Show. Do you think, like, Fallon's ready for that? I think the, the best thing to come out of the whole
0: Coco, uh, Jay Leno thing was Fallon. Because when uh, Conan left NBC... Fallon wasn't doing that great, and for some reason that really reinvigorated him or like focused him. And like Derek said, his show has gotten really popular. And he's been a lot more funny, and like he's been. More... I think
1: I think he's he's sort of tapped into whatever the zeitgeist is that is going on now. Like whatever you want to quantify that as, he seems like a little more on the pulse to me, like than, than yeah, some definitely of the other guys. I guess. Thank you, micro breweries. For making my alcoholism seem like a neat hobby.
0: Yeah, so, uh, whatever, you know, happened during that, I think, like, Fallon really did get the best of it, but, um, can he take over? It's hard to say on my end because I thought I thought Conan did a great job as a Tonight Show host, and I don't really understand why they were worried about him. I mean, I know the ratings were down, but, you know, it is a new host taking over, I don't even know if Jay Leno's ratings were that good when they first started off. They were getting their ass kicked by Letterman, you know? But... At the same time, they might have more faith in Fallon. Fallon may be more of a team player. I can see Conan being kind of adversarial. I'll give him that. You know, like I said, I'm not going to yeah, say
2: well. You can get basically, that. I don't. Yeah, like uh, the book pretty much details that Conan's people like never really liked Leno. Basically, like they they were let they were all Letterman people. Basically, and it was kind of an us versus them mentality, and yeah. you know that's not. That's not, like, bad or anything, but, like... Uh, but it's not good when I you're definitely... on the same network. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, Leno and Conan got along, but they said there's, there was always, like, sort of an underlying, like, competition, I
0: guess. Well, well, Conan was kind of a, a Letterman guy, because, like, Letterman had him on the show and stuff, and uh, Letterman, like, gave him his blessing and stuff, so I can kind of see that, Yeah,
2: yeah. So. Like I said, though it's it's weird. Though, like I, the, my original question to you guys, like it's weird because I really like Ferguson and I like Conan and whenever I see Kimmel, like I like Kimmel too. And like Kimmel and Conan are like big Letterman fanboys, and like I don't get Letterman, so I'm like, well, what if I like them? Like, how come I don't like Letterman? Like, it's like.
0: Well, I mean, uh, uh, Conan is a big uh, uh, Carson fan too. Uh, you can like what comes before. And not mimic the same thing. You don't have to do the exact same thing. Like, um,
2: yeah, I, yeah.
0: You know, they 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 just. I, I'm just
2: like I, I'm like I'm like. What did they see in it? I'm like I was like kind of mystified almost. Like. Like, and Derek Derek kind of explained it to my satisfaction, though. But, like, I'm just I, kind of, I, yeah, like, I mean, I,
1: I think it's like anything else. I mean, I, I think it's it's all subjective. You know, it's like your taste, right? So, like, you don't have to quantify, like, you don't have to either apologize or or question yourself on, on why Letterman doesn't subscribe to your specific taste because your taste is subjective to you. You know, like, it, it's just like, I guess, you know, yeah, maybe, you know they were inspired by things that he did, but that doesn't necessitate that, that you in turn, since you enjoy them, that you, you know, automatically, you know, it's that, that, that fallacy and logic. Well, if, you know, if, if Superman beats up juggernaut, juggernaut beats up Thor, thus Superman beats up Thor, you know, like it's not always a plus B and B plus C, then you know A B C. You know it's not always that simple. You know there's there's other yeah, variables involved. So yeah, like
0: like Conan's like humor, the way he writes things and the way he acts on his show, and like what he finds funny for his show may not be what he finds funny when he goes home. He might think Letterman is the funniest thing in the world, but that's just not how his way of doing things works. You know, it's like that's that's funny shit to me, but this is how I do my show. You know, he has his own way of doing yeah. it. Yeah, he
2: pretty, like, I, I keep, record, that book is, like, it's called The War for Late Night. It's, it's If you're, if anyone listening is interested in this stuff, like, it's great. It's a great book. It really, like, like, it goes beyond that whole, like, Conan-Leno war and really, like, explains the politics of late night, like, talk shows and stuff. But, like. Yeah, the thing, like they said, is basically like Con- when Conan was pitching his show way back in the early 90s, he was kind of like, well, listen, here's what here- Letterman does, like. You know, Letterman here does, like, the anti-talk show, basically. And he's like, well, my show has got to be different from that. So he's kind of like, you know, Letterman has, like, this kind of personal dignity. And he's like, I'm not like that. You know, we're going to do, like, he's like, I think it's time. He said something like, it's time for silliness again. we got to, we're going to be silly.
0: Yeah, Cover show much.
2: is almost like a parody of a talk show.
0: In, in a lot yeah, of ways. He's,
2: I mean, he he's good. He's good at what he does, but he
0: does pick on a lot of the tropes of a talk show, yeah. But um I, I wanted to throw this out before we change the because 'cause we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm pretty sure Derek's gonna change it up here in a minute. Um I, I did I do have Space Ghost as my uh Avatar tonight on Skype. I'm that guy. Space <laughs> Ghost is not an incredibly deep, really like life like a changing fucking show. It's just Space Ghost Coast Coast. It was like fifteen minutes long for each episode. But it was really funny because again, kinda like Conan and Craig Ferguson. It kind of made fun of the talk show setting by making yeah. a 60s cartoon character the host of a talk show.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love Space Ghosts. Yeah, it, it is very much a uh, tongue-in-cheek talk show, basically. Like,
1: I, I think I have to be the Debbie Downer, because I'm one of those guys that's like, I love Alex Toth, I like the real Space Ghosts, not this dickwad <laughs> who hosts talk shows. But yeah, I, I understand why people enjoy it. But yeah, I'm 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 definitely that guy where I'm like that's
2: not the real space ghost, you know so. <laughs> in the,
0: yeah. the ghost flyer or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Like, well, I I will <laughs> say one thing about Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, like I mentioned, like I loved head, like our uh, Derek mentioned, like he likes headlines from K- Leno. I think my favorite skit from Kimmel is unnecessary censorship. Which we see a lot of like of parodies. Oh, of. yeah! I know oh, you talking that about is, yeah. That's
1: pretty hilarious when he does that. Yeah,
0: yeah, like yeah. He he takes a he takes a clip from whatever, and it has no bad words at all. But he'll throw in bleeps at random points, so it sounds like they're cussing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like, I think I, I, I'm imagining she got her idea from this as well. But I, I was watching like those online, uh, you know, that one girl, Heisu Otaku, who does like all the oh animations. the
2: Digimon one, the, yeah,
1: the Digimon ones that she does of that with unnecessary censorship. I mean, I, that was make me fucking cry. Yeah,
2: like, I gotta, I'm gonna have to link you guys to the Mister Rogers one that Kimmel did because that <laughs> one was yeah, that that like I almost gave my Cousin in asthma attack. When I <laughs> let, let what, like, he was like he couldn't breathe. He was laughing so hard. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was pretty just, funny. it's like a, like a UPS guy comes to like Mr. Rogers' door and he's like he gives him like this little package and Mr. Rogers like opens it and he looks inside and he's like, oh, and he's like, would you like to bury it in my? Pee? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nice. I wonder if you ever think about the things that you can do now that you couldn't do when you were a little baby. Can you f yourself now?
2: And then the, he's, like, he's like, Mr. Rogers is like, the first thing I do when I get up is I go and I swim in the pool. And it like shows him by the pool and they like blur out his whole like fragile <laughs> <crotchal laughs> region. <laughs> like he has nothing uh, on. Nice. Uh, that's does, funny. So, um, I just uh, wanted to.
1: Oh, I was going to throw out
2: one more
0: host, and I won't go into it, because people watch him all the time. He's very current. People know why he's funny. Uh, It's not really a talk show, but it kind of is. Jon Stewart's really funny, too. I like The Daily Show.
2: Yeah, I like The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. They're very funny as well. So I was just going to
1: ask, uh, to. I guess this is a, will be the wrap-up question, and then we'll move on to our next topic. But I was just going to ask, since I'm not, like, a mega super fan, I'm more of a casual viewer, are there, like, DVD-type compilations? Like, I'm assuming maybe there's stuff for, like, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, but, like, are there DVDs of, like, things that, like, Conan fans can check out or Jimmy Kim? Um, or I
0: know so, Timeline
1: post things online, or how does that work for fans of those shows? Well, I,
0: th- I think uh, NBC does Hulu for uh, Leno and uh, uh, Fallon, right?
2: Yeah, like, I know, I'm not sure if you can watch, like, you might be able to watch the whole episode, but it, they probably only keep it, like, current for, like, a month or whatever, okay. I think. I know, like, Conan has, like, in fact, like, the last, I think I mentioned it, like, as a favorite thing of the week maybe a few weeks ago, but Conan had his, like, 20th anniversary, like, uh, special, and, like, what he did, they had, they were putting up old skits, like, on his website for a while, but now they're gone. But, oh, okay. Like, you know, he kind of said, like, oh, these are going back in the vaults or whatever, so, <laughs> you know. He that shit. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so I think your best bet if you want to find a specific skit of anyone's is look on YouTube, pretty much. So okay, interesting. And you might yeah. find some like VHS recorded version of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, whatever. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as like oh. people you can actually pick up, um, Derek, you're actually right. Uh, Space Coast, Coast, to Coast is on DVD. Um, I don't know if it's in print anymore, but it does exist. It's out there. And I, I do remember Time Life. If you like old school, Johnny Carson had like a massive collection of like the best of the Tonight Show on DVD.
1: Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Like maybe that some of these other guys would have like best of compilations or something like that. But um, yeah, we'll we'll try to find some stuff and put it on the spindle for everybody. Um, but I guess switching gears and moving on to our next topic. To them, you're just a freak like me. They need you right now when they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. You're dropped at the first sign of trouble.
0: They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people,
1: they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster.
2: I'm just ahead of the curve.
1: We're going to be discussing what some of the fan holes' favorite portrayals of the Joker have been. You know, we figure that's one of the most iconic villains in the DC universe, uh, part of Batman lore. And, you know, everybody just thought it'd be fun to go around in the round table and figure out, you know, which version of the Joker that they liked best. And, you know, I don't know if there's going to be Kind of Pontifications or equivocations or honorable mentions or double favorites or anything like that, but uh, i'm going to start with Mike because there may be, so. <laughs>
2: Well, thinking about it, and kind of, I looked on, like, Wikipedia, and I was kind of like, man, like, what, who do I like as the Joker? What, what what, have I liked as the Joker? And I guess, very appropriately, much like the Joker himself, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, if I have an answer, it's multiple choice, so, like, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, I don't have a specific, like, favorite version of the Joker, but I like, like, a bunch of elements from a bunch of different, like, Joker portrayals and stuff. And, like, I don't know, like, he's a hard character to nail down because he's had so many, like, you know. He's changed so much over the years, yeah yeah he's like he's you know he's a murderer, he's just a like you know mischievous like clown he's like a psychopath he's he's insane, or then he's like it's the opposite he's super sane somehow or something Or like he's like i don't know like some weird grant Morrison thing he yeah. he, and then,
1: he, he, uh, he jizzed on a sigil and became <laughs> more sane than than insane.
2: Exactly. Like, he went all the way around. He got so insane. It, he like, became Morrisane? <laughs> yeah, Morrisane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes he's like a criminal genius.
0: <laughs> he's like a criminal You're genius died. who plans out all his plans. Other times, he's just an agent of chaos. He does everything on a whim, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, I find it funny, like where, like, especially like in the Nolan movies, like in Dark Knight, where he's like, oh, I don't make plans. And I'm like, and I'm like, dude, if you like set up things that, you know, you want things to happen a certain way, that's called a plan. Like, so, I'm, like, sometimes I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. like. You were delivered
0: in a body bag to your enemy's headquarters with the intent to take him out. That's a plan.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's not exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can argue that, like, oh, well, he didn't expect it to go down that way, but then he just improvised, but then it's kind of getting... Like, sometimes I feel like the Joker has, like, worse fan aura than Batman does sometimes. Well,
1: sometimes sometimes he has to have it. Like, it's like one of those things where you you can always argue about that. I mean, if you really want to break down, you know, okay, he's just a dude, you know, but sometimes it's, like, he's not just a dude. It's, like, you know, Luther will, like, view him in the cell, and it will be, like, okay, we're not taking this guy, you know, or whatever. And it's, like, what's so, like, what's the big, you know, you're, like, what's the big deal about the Joker? But then he's a huge deal, you know? So it's, like, it's, it gets kind of crazy sometimes. Um, I I guess, like, when I thought about it real quick, like, just to go into my quick thoughts was, I, I, I think I'd lean a little more towards recent stuff, but I don't know if that's just because of, of, you know, kind of like the current mindset of most folks. I mean, I I figure, like, I always was fascinated by the Joker. So it's like guys like Cesar Romero and even Jack Nicholson. I mean, it was like that night and day thing where you're saying they're two totally different characters and interpretations. I, I, I would definitely say, like, when it was just those two guys doing it, like, I didn't really consider too many of the cartoon voices on Super Friends or anything like that. So for a while like it was always oh yeah, Jack Nicholson. You know, like that that would have been really simple. But I think as as you kind of go down the line, you know, and you're like, "Oh, okay, well then you've got all this great voice work from Mark Hamill and you've got, you know, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker and then, you know, even um uh uh what can I think of his name? Aquaman Bender like
2: even Joe and DiMaggio, Joe, yeah, he did yeah, a great Joe, thing Joe in
1: DiMaggio Red Hood. did did a really knockout performance in
2: Red Hood. Like or so. John John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. Yeah, we always yeah. say we always say Joe DiMaggio.
1: Joe DiMaggio's a dead <laughs> baseball player.
2: <laughs> Even tougher making with the yucks
0: when you're worm food. Huh?
1: Yeah, John John DiMaggio, like he does he does great great work as as um as the Joker and under the Red Hood. So, I mean, you know, you're 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 hard-pressed to, you know, just settle on one. I mean, I guess if I if I had to go with live action, like maybe I'd go with Heath Ledger. And if if I went with, you know, animated, I'd probably go with Mark Hamill. Uh but I mean as far as like, you know, I think that Mark Hamill version has ebbs and flows, you know what I mean? Like because there were points where, you know, I'd watch the animated series and go, man, can't the Joker kill anybody? Man, the Joker like <laughs> falls on garbage and scows, and you know, you know, a lot of those early yeah. Joker episodes were very tame because they were on or, Fox Kids. Or he know? gets he gets upstaged by Harley. Or yeah, or that you know, or yeah, Bruce like, it's it's like
0: <laughs> you know, Bruce yeah. Timm has such a hard on for Harley, he's got to make her the star, yeah.
1: But I mean, well, I definitely, I definitely enjoy Mark Hamill. I mean, especially in like something like uh, Mask of the Phantasm, where you have a murderous Joker who is animated, who does not have to suffer the, uh, you know, indignities of being saddled with Harley Quinn. You know, I'd probably point to like Mask of the Phantasm. You know.
2: Well, I, yeah. I think
0: the thing about Mark Hamill's performance, and I think one of the reasons why people like it so much is like. <clears throat> On a base level, yes, he did a good job. I mean, it was a really good character. But also, for guys like all of us, you know, I mean, I know even Mike, you know, would agree with this. He was fucking Luke Skywalker, and Joker's a complete, like, 180. It's like this completely different character. He had this amazing laugh. I love Mark Hamill's Joker laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It was just not what you would think of Mark Hamill. So I think that's why a lot of people tend to buy into him more because you're like, he could have totally fucked that up. He could be like, I'm the Joker, I'm silly but he was like he made a character out of it, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I think Mark Hamill's strongest like strength as the Joker is to take completely like shit lines and then make them work, like through his acting yeah. and stuff. Like like I don't know, just Stuff I thought was, like, awful, like, if coming out of anyone else. Like, his Joker manages to make it work, pretty much. Yeah, another good one, uh, Derek, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. I know you've seen it, Mike.
0: But he was also really good in Return of the Joker for Batman Beyond.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people kind of describe that as, like, the Hannibal Lecter Joker. But, yeah, he's definitely, like, a lot more deadly and dangerous because of I mean, especially, I guess if you watch the, the unedited
2: version or
1: whatever, <laughs> the um, cut. Because, yeah. yeah. So, so he's definitely more deadly in when that. he
2: doesn't, when he doesn't die by tripping.
1: Yes. When he doesn't <laughs> yeah. die by tripping.
2: See, the, that's, that's like come up into the Joker.
1: You know, sometimes you gotta trip on an oil slick and, and you know, you're like, well, what about all that fan aura? Oh, I guess it wasn't on the beach that day when he tripped on the oil slick.
2: Yeah. And, Derek, have you read – oh, go ahead, Tony, because I probably – this will go into another tangent probably.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I, I was just going this is actually just really quick. I, I was going to uh, address the fan aura thing real quick. I think one of the reasons why the Joker has the fan aura is because we did grow up with so many villains who will pontificate and explain their master plan and not shoot the bad guy. But with the Joker, he will do that sometimes. He has done it before. But then sometimes he'll just shoot a motherfucker
2: yeah the the chaos is what do you call it? That's always like fun like you never know exactly what's gonna happen sometimes. But I was gonna say, like, speaking of fan aura, like, Derek, have you read? Did you read like the whole death of the family like yeah. thing, like Scott yeah. Snyder's thing? Yeah, I, did. I don't know. Like, I thought that was a case of like Joker's, like where I was like, come on, man, like ridiculous fan aura, where like not not only with the stupid like cut off his face and wear it like a mask thing, like where where like anyone who has any kind of like medical like you know, expertise will tell you is probably not good for you. Right. But, um, I don't know. There was that one scene where he breaks into police headquarters and he like switches off the lights and he goes in a room with like 10 cops and he kills all of them. And I'm like, what? Like, I was kind of like, what? Seriously? He said like <laughs> Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he, he kills all of them except commissioner okay. Gordon. I
1: take it back. Jason Statham is my favorite joker. It's like, <laughs> only <laughs> joke, uh, I'm in the police station, I'm shutting off the lights.
2: <laughs> killing everyone. <laughs> it's like, for, for this scene, the role of the Joker will be played by Jason Statham. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I mean, I agree. I think it's like how people write them. Uh, one of my favorite Joker stories, and oh my God, I know I'm going to like get like, you know, like cliched, everyone says that. But I really like the killing joke because that is so the Joker. He He has like kind of a plan. Sorry, Heath. And he follows it through, but he's not the badass. Like, that's one of my favorite points of the comic is, like, Batman finally catches up with him. And he's staring him down, and he kind of, like, takes a couple, you know, swipes at Joker, you know. And then Joker's just like, all right, are you happy now? You're going to beat my ass and get a rounding applause from, like, the public gallery. Is that going to make you happy and, like, Batman has been thinking about this for the whole time. He's like, is this how you want this in? end? You know, you want us to, like, kill each other? But he doesn't say it. And, like, Joker's just like, let me tell you a joke. And I love this joke. I don't know why, but I'm going to tell it. He's like, well, you know what? It's, it's funny. Here, 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 listen to this. There's these two guys. They're in the insane asylum. And one night they decide they don't want to be in an insane asylum anymore. So they're going to escape. And they get to the top of the roof. And there's, like, a way to jump across to another building. But it's too far. And they're sitting there thinking about it. And he's like, okay, I've got this flashlight. I'm going to shine the beam across the buildings, and you walk on the beam. And then I'll throw it to you, and you do the same for me. And the guy starts laughing. He's like, what? What's so funny? He's like, you're fucking crazy. You're going to turn the beam when I'm halfway across. (laughs) And then Batman starts laughing. And I like that kind of moment. I like that because he's like, it's not that he's laughing because it's a funny joke. Because the Joker does horrible things in the Killing Joke. He like I said he cripples Barbara Gordon. He tortures Jim Gordon, and you know he's not a nice guy. But the reason Batman laughs is because it's that is is again one of those moments that happens over and over again where he's like, the Joker really is fucking crazy. You know he, I I mean I he, he pities the Joker because he knows that like if he kills him or if he really does try to like really take him out. He's killing someone who's not all there. He he would be he'd be murdering someone. He wouldn't be killing someone, you know, out of like you know. I mean, it, it's really weird to say that because Joker does so many horrible things. But even in the killing joke, he doesn't kill the Joker as some random gunman. So you know, not a killing joke, but uh, death in the family. You know, so, I don't. Know, I like moments like that, and I think that's why people like the Joker because you can relate to him,
2: but you can't. You know. He's supposed to have like no empathy or whatever, so it's like hard to have like empathy for him. So whenever there is a moment where, like that, you're kind of like, oh, well, maybe there is some kind of spark of humanity in him somewhere. But
0: yeah, and that that is, that, that, that comic also had like an origin for Joker, which I don't know if they totally shitballed and made it different. But he was like the Red Hood. He fell into like toxic waste and he like had a disfigured face. Um, actually, actually, I forgot though. Uh, me and Derek have
2: been pontificating. Who is actually your favorite Joker, Mike? Um, I don't, I don't know if I could choose. Like, I, I guess I'd, I'd say like, like, um, Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker, like, like super entertaining, like take, like super, like you know, obviously the, the guy poured his life into that role, pretty much literally, yeah, and right. like you know one of the easily, one of the best like movie experiences I've ever had watching that movie for the first time. And, you know, it's a great memorable, like version of the Joker. And like, I feel like I almost shouldn't pick that because I feel like it's like cliched almost like you said, Tony, like, you know, like the killing joke is cliched, but I guess I'd, I'd almost have to go with that. I mean, I like Mark Hamill's Joker, but like, I guess like, like, Derek said, "Sometimes I'm kind of like, well, sometimes he's really like fucking ineffective. Basically, like, sometimes he's, you know, he's I guess, just I guess some, it's some that kind of, it's like, that
1: loser. fine line where you're, you know, to to I guess please a fan, you know. I mean, the the Joker can't be too ineffectual and too goofy, you know. You you or, or or maybe you don't want it to be to that point, you know, where you know." it's just he's worthless you know he trips on an oil slick and that's it you know but then again you know the the opposite end of the spectrum you know you can take that too far where you know it's like it's the fucking last laugh and there's like joker in uh every single dc comic book ever and everybody's got fish fucking faces and
2: you know you're just (laughs) like
1: come on dude like you know like enough you know like it just it gets ridiculous so i mean you know I, I can I mean, see where you know, like the, some of the best performances. I think have that sense of balance, but but yeah, a little. I mean, I like like I said, I like lo-
2: you know. I like Mark Hamill's, like, performance and stuff, so that's probably, like, the nicest thing I can say about him is, like, he's always a solid performer as the Joker, and, like, he always gives his all. And, like, I feel like some, like, the Arkham games, like, I didn't, like, really like Mark Hamill's performance in that just because I guess he was very restrained in that, sort of, and he wasn't very funny. Like, he was just kind of, like, they just gave him a lot of, like, like I don't know, generic menacing dialogue. I guess instead of anything funny. Yeah, so they I wanted just, him to be the big bad instead of like the Joker. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know some. I guess some honorable mentions. Like I like yeah, like John DiMaggio and in, in Under the Red Hood. He was very unexpectedly like good. You know, as the you know Joker. who I liked that
1: that's I would guess what I would put as an honorable mention that I always liked. That's kind of off kilter is uh, Michael McKean, Like when he did, you know, it was like uh, it was like I'm like Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy, was, like, the Joker, and, and that was in that Dick Sprang-inspired scene in Batman the Animated Series, where they,
2: oh, they yeah. do the
1: old kind yeah. of you know, Dick Sprang Batman style and everything. Like, I always liked him in that, where he, I, I don't know, it was just, it was so different than, you know, it's like if everybody was used to, say, I don't know, Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill, you know, it's like, it was it was more like he was just kind of like, it was a little bit like the old Filmation Joker, you know, a little bit. But I just, I, I just found it very, uh I don't know. I always thought that was interesting. Like, I would always like to see more of that, you know.
2: Thank you. You're too kind. Yeah, speaking speaking of like a take like that, like I liked um, I think it was uh, Jeff Glenn Bennett's uh, Joker in Brave and the Bold. Okay. I really too. Yeah. enjoyed him
0: too. Yeah, I was, I mean, he would definitely be an honorable mention. I liked his voice. And <laughs> he had he had the Dick Spring look too, and like
2: that, yeah. that was the
0: funny thing about the Dick Springs like uh, design for the Joker. <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, say like you know, oh, he's horribly disfigured, but usually this looks like it looks like a guy with a big smile. But the way yeah. Dick Spring did the cheekbones, he looked really hideous. <laughs>
2: I, I always liked uh, that episode with Damian Wayne where Dick Grayson was Batman and, like, he had the, the future Joker was, like, basically, like, a Heath Ledger, like, sort of look-alike. And, like, they had, like, the old, like, Jeff Glenn Bennett Joker. And he was, like, you know, when he's, like, when Batman and Robin show up, he's, like, hey, new me, get him. i <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> new me. I always laughed at that line, yeah. <laughs> nice, but. And, um, who else was I going to mention? Um. I, I was just going to mention someone I didn't like as Joker, and that was uh, Brent Spiner in Young oh, Justice. Oh. I, I didn't think he was a very good Joker at all, which was weird because, like he, like, he you'd think he could be. Like, he did the voice really nicely, but I don't know. He didn't... Something, like, I don't know, maybe he just wasn't written too well or whatever, but I didn't really like him as the Joker. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I
1: guess I can appreciate A lot of people thought that he seemed very off. Like, it just didn't... I I don't know what it was. It was somehow like the the voice didn't match the yeah. image almost or I I don't know how yeah. to quantify it, but yeah, I can understand why. I mean, I I was more willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but I I understand why there was some kind of disjointedness. Um as far as voices matching images but not liking them, um I don't like Kevin Michael Richardson as the Joker.
2: No, Rasta Joker. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I was not a fan.
2: Every time I bring my brand of funny to Gotham, the only sound I hear is...
0: I was going to ask, because um, I actually don't know this, uh, Tony moment, I guess. Who did the voice in The Dark Knight Returns?
1: Oh, yeah, that... Uh, what was his name? The comedian guy. Um, He was not bad. He, he was uh, actually Yeah, good. for
2: that, that version of Joker? Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah the more kind of yeah. sane, kind of crazy one, because, like... My favorite line he has is from the comic too, which is just it, when he said it, I could like see the panel when I read it back way back in the day, just like Batman, darling. You know, I just like ooh,
1: creepy, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Michael was... Emerson. That's who. Was yeah. was... Oh, okay,
2: yeah.
0: I yeah. thought he did a really good job. He was he was he was specifically sane in a lot of points, but legitimately nutballs in a lot of them. So I, I like that.
2: You know what I did like, um, in Grant Morrison's like Batman and Robin run, like I liked that whole like Zorn thing he did with the Joker with uh, know, he was yeah. he was he was the uh the I forgot what he was supposed to be, like a detective, uh Oberon sexton or yeah, whatever yeah. his name was, but and like I like how he was sorta of, like helping Batman and Robin just because like, you know, Bruce Wayne was like lost in the time stream or whatever at that point, so like he he like lost his purpose for living or whatever, because like the real Batman was gone. So he sort of like helped them, and like he was had sort of a rivalry with whatever Doctor Hurt or whatever the Black Glove or whoever he was supposed to be. And he was kind of like like at the end when he kills him, he's kind of like you know, man, you you friggin' suck. Like I beat you at this, I beat you at that, you know. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't beat Batman and Robin? Like man, you got you friggin' suck and like and like at the end like Doctor Hurt. It's like he runs to get the gun off the ground, and he trips on a banana peel. The Joker put there, and like cracks his skull open, and like the Joker's just kind of standing over him, going like, "Man, like you know, this was a disappointment." Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, and then
2: like he turns around, and like that's when Bruce Wayne comes back, and he like knock knocks lays the Joker the fuck out. But that, that was great.
0: Well, I, I think that's one of the reasons. Well, well again, why I like the Joker, and why the fan or doesn't really bother me so much. I like the fact that he's a villain, and he, he will kill anybody, but he doesn't want to kill Batman. Batman is his, his fun. That's like the guy he wants to mess with, and he's, he's stated many times in different, different writers, which I really like. I like the fact that a lot of writers kind of keep that thing going. Batman makes the Joker's life fun, and that is, I think is a really nice appealing part of the character. Is like The Joker knows without Batman, he's nothing. He has nothing to do. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of enjoy that because that's why Joker is his arch nemesis. It's not because he's like, I must kill the bats, you know, I must destroy him. He's like, hmm, how can I piss off Bruce today, (laughs) you know?
1: I think the uh I guess we're talking about like some favorite Joker moments or stories or whatever but the the one thing that I've always loved is the Underworld Unleashed scene because scene, it's like basically in Underworld Unleashed it's this crossover where all the different supervillains of the DC universe they barter they make these deals with basically the devil but it's they call him Neuron And so, you know, a lot of them received power upgrades at the time. Luther was all scraggly and basically like almost cancer ridden and old. So like he, of course, got a new lease on life and a fit, healthy body out of the deal. And, you know, most villains got power upgrades and this and that and the other thing. But then they come to the Joker and they're like, well, what did you wish for? And then, and then basically you see he's got a box of Cuban cigars. And they're like, you sold your soul for a box of cigars? And he's like, they're Cuban! You know, like, and that's, that's basically, like, to me that just sums up, like, the Joker right there. Like, that's just sort of the epitome of, of who he is, you know? It's like, but they're Cuban! Yeah, yeah. and, and
0: <laughs> it often as him and Lex are, like, at odds, there is actually a really nice team-up with them, too, later on. Where like like Joker is crazy and like his craziness helps him and Luther establish their like you know desire to be like Neron's like you know favorites. So, but uh, actually I actually haven't I haven't mentioned my favorites as far as the Joker performance. Um, it's gonna be a little anticlimactic, so I won't go into it too much. But I really do like Mark Hamill. I think he uh, he epitomized like what the Joker should be as far as a consistent Joker. Because the Joker, again, like Mike said, is a really hard character to nail, and when Mark is really good, he's really fucking good. And yeah, he has his moments of bad script, or maybe just not being into it, but like I mentioned before, the Batman Beyond, you know, uh, Return of the Joker, really good. It's true, Batsy. I know everything. And kinda like the kid who peeks at his Christmas presents, I must admit, it's sadly anticlimactic. Behind all the sturm and batterags, you're just a little boy in a play suit crying for mommy and daddy. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. No, oh, what the heck, I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he he's just the guy I hear his voice a lot when I read, like, the comics and stuff. I will, however, say. And again, like Mike said, it sounds cliche, but... And I have to say this because of my own vindication. I thought Heath Ledger was going to be shit. I thought the makeup looked like shit. All the advanced press was like, you know, this and this and this. And I was like, oh, this is going to be ass. I hate it. Fuck it. You know, being a fanboy. Being a nerdy, geeky, like, you know, predetermined, like, this is going to suck guy. And he did knock it out of the park. He was really good. And I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know... Sad he had to die so young, but uh, if if that's the role you got to go out on, I gotta admit eh, you could do a lot worse. He, he he It made him memorable and for a good reason.
2: Yeah, he pretty much vanished into that role. Like you know, I didn't see any hint of Heath Ledger at all, like in that character. So yeah, he did. No, gotta give him props for that, no matter what. Yeah, he
0: did a great job. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, rest in peace, man. I mean good good job great job you know
1: you won't kill
0: me out of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness and i won't kill you because you're just too much fun
2: (laughs) i think you and i are destined to do this forever
1: but yeah, no, so we, I mean, we've we've had fun talking about our favorite versions of the Joker and sharing some stories about that. And we also hope you uh, enjoyed listening about, uh, you know, late night talk shows and so on and so forth. But we're going to go ahead and delve into our regularly scheduled segment, which is what is awesome in your world this week. And that's, if you're not familiar, where us as fan halls, we just discussed something that has caught our eye, caught our interest, something that we want to share with our listeners. So I will start with uh, Mr. Space Ghost, coast-to-coast himself, Mr. Tony Jackson, uh, you want to tell us what is awesome in your world this week?
0: I would be happy to. Um, yeah, I picked up the entire collection of Transor-Z this week. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> Little dig there on myself. Um, I picked up the uh, the latest installment. Uh, they've they've done a couple of different releases, but the uh, collected Robotech saga uh, about a week ago. Um, I love Robotech; it's one of my favorite shows. I know a lot of like otaku and like anime purists will be like blasphemy, heretic. Macross is better. Blah blah blah. You know what? Fuck off. I watched this show when I was a kid, and it was really good, and it's still really good today. It was a cartoon that had death, violence, and ma- mature storylines. And when you're, like, nine years old and G.I. Joe's can't fucking kill each other to save their lives, you know, seeing Roy Fokker and, like, Ben Dixon bite it, like, almost like with no fanfare, you're like, holy shit, you know, things just got real. Um, <clears throat> it's a great set. It's a, It's a nice, big, thick plastic case. It's very protected. You get like over thirty hours of stuff. Uh, I don't even know how many discs are in there. I haven't gone through and counted them. Unfortunately, if you are a big Robotech fan, you have to like sit through the Sentinels and uh, Dark something shit. I can't remember it. I watched it. It was not very good. It was the second Robotech movie released by Harmony Gold, and also uh, Live uh, Love Live Live, which is a uh, kind of a eh, slight alteration of a actual OVA from uh, Japan dealing with the uh, Mos uh series featuring uh, Yellow Dancer, Lancer. Um, I like it. I dig it. It was 40 bucks. 40 bucks for 40 hours material when Supernatural is 40 bucks for like 24 episodes. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm going to buy that. So yeah, that was my awesome thing.
1: Yeah, the only thing that's no good about it is you don't get to slap Min May in the face. But otherwise, it's an awesome, awesome DVD set. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Minmay. It's like Minmay and Quest Pariah. Like, they need to start, like, a club of people that Derek has no love for whatsoever.
0: Yeah, Lisa Lisa Hayes all the way. Hell yeah.
1: Um, All right, so uh, uh, that is Tony's awesome thing of the week. Uh, How about you, Mike? You got an awesome thing of the week to share with the listeners?
2: Uh, this is a few weeks off, but I, I, I hadn't. we haven't gotten a chance to do an awesome thing in the week, like, segment in a while, so I'll mention it. Uh, I really liked uh, Thor The Dark World. I thought it was a solid sequel, like a solid sequel to the first movie, you know, a good follow-up to Avengers, and, like, a generally good movie altogether.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it as well. In case anybody doesn't know, I know this is totally random, but it fits into what Mike's awesome thing is, is... Um, Remember, like, how you used to be able to go to, like, the grocery store or a bookstore when you were a kid and get, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back, the storybook of the movie?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Now a major
0: film, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, or, like, those little golden books where it's, like, here's a random story of, like, Wheelie, the Wild Boy of Quintesson, and it's, like, this kind of square-bound paperback book or whatever. Well, there there are two uh, Thor The Dark World tie-in books. And the reason why I I bought them and and picked them up was because the art is by Ron Lim. So, like, I was like, it's not just, like, any old, like, storybook. It's, like, you know, by a pretty uh, renowned comic book artist. So I I thought that was kind of cool, so.
0: Yeah, Ron Lim did some really good stuff on Silver Surfer, yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so anyway, it was, like, one of those things where I was, like, weird. It's, like, it kind of reminds me of my childhood, (laughs) the way the, the you know, it's like a, there are two books it's like a a storybook of the movie and then there's like this uh, like little storybook where it's like you know basically explaining to kids like oh this is Asgard and here's the nine realms and like you know basically breaking it down in like you know uh, sort of like a kid golden book type way but with really nicely illustrated Ron Lim drawings and stuff like that nice sweet (laughs) alright so we got anything else or are we, we done for the night
0: what about your awesome thing, Derek? Was was it the books that? Uh,
1: I could I could use the books. I mean, I also you know pulling back the veil of of, of the recording time. Um, I did watch all the uh, Doctor Who special stuff that's been going on uh, this weekend. Um, I watched the fiftieth anniversary special, which was fun, uh, and I watched Adventures in Space and Time, which was like the sort of uh, uh, I, I don't know what you call it, like the biopic kind of
0: retrospective, but, maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, it, 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 it's like, you know, basically they wrote a script about, you know, kind of like when they did the uh, the the picture about the late night talk show wars between Letterman and Leno, you know, oh, and okay. cast actors and everything. It was like basically they did a, a picture on, you know, the early days of, of how Doctor Who came to be at the BBC and, you know, how, you know, William Hartnell was the actor they chose. And they kind of go into a lot of stuff. Dealing with, you know, how they, they basically picked up the show and how he kind of went from a sort of, I guess in his view, like maybe unappreciated actor, character actor to being like this sort of iconic hero of children everywhere, you know? And so there's lots of nice things about it. I mean, I guess it kind of has a sad ending because, you know, William Hartnell, of course, had to be let go from the show because of, you know, he's getting on in years and all this other kind of stuff. So it does kind of end on a sad note, but I thought it was a pretty well-made picture. So, yeah, all those kind of things that they've been showing on the uh, BBC America have been fun to watch. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. So I guess that wraps up our show for the week. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, you can send them to fan at gmail.com. We have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, we have a Tumblr page. We have all kinds of means and ways for you to get in contact with us. So please do, if you should have any comments, questions, suggestions, or, or anything of the sort. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC signing off.
2: Hey it's Mike. I eat the tears and they make me strong. (laughs) This is Tony, Chainclaw,
0: and Jokerfish. (laughs) Oh so
1: delicious the wonderful joker
2: fish. I don't know, Mr. T (laughs) I got nothing.
0: I never do peace. Okay, I'll do
2: peace. Peace! I, I was going to say, I guess, I guess I could be like uh, Jeff Peterson and just say balls.
1: Hey, you got any gum? You got any gum? See, now it's funny. See? You're in, in your
2: pants. pants. You got any gum?